Salutations and Ave. Welcome to Babylon Rising, an occult podcast with a focus on art, sexuality, and liberatory magic. Isn't more to everything than following a bunch of old rules? Isn't more to everything than following a bunch of old rules? Old rules? Isn't more to everything than following a bunch of old rules? episode we will be further exploring the absolutely haunted and unsettling mood of the season by talking about the place of fear in witchcraft. I was inspired to write this episode by my own steady diet of trashy 70s occult horror themed films and one day I was really thinking about this intersection of my interests, trashy horror films and also occultism and witchcraft. Um, and I realized that witchcraft is sometimes genuinely scary for practitioners and for lay people alike. You know, when I really think about the fear I felt the first time I walked into a graveyard with necromantic intent, or the few times an invocation has gone absolutely sideways and I felt sick physically with vertigo and nausea, terrified of what I had done. Never mind the times an evocation goes right and I've conjured up some ancient gods and demons. All of this to say that I'm looking forward greatly to this episode. Before we further explore the main topic of this episode, I would like to remind you to please support the hard work that goes into an episode of this show by either donating a few dollars a month to the podcast's Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash Babylon Rising, also always linked in the episode description, or instead leave a rating and review on iTunes. Both types of support really help keep the program running, and if you do leave a review, I'll be sure to read it at the end of the episode. A definition of fear I found as a good basis of this conversation was an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain, or is a threat. Now, in the examples I used a few moments ago, earlier at the top of the episode, for me, part of the fear lies in not quite understanding what might happen, or if it will be dangerous to me, or not quite understanding why something was happening to me. I think that is generally the typical state of affairs in witchcraft. We're trying to know the unknowable and do the unthinkable, and we're trying to look at things that are hard to look at. I think another, to me at least, scary part of witchcraft is that, you know, we do X and then Y happens and there's a lot of space in between that that is 
mysterious and that we most likely won't understand in our own lifetimes if we ever do. There's a lot of room for interpretation and misinterpretation and anxiety about what is that space between X and Y. I think it's why some people end up leaving, you know, whatever little forms of witchcraft that scares them into a full conversion to whatever, you know, the nearest uh, safe, more conservative religious framework is. I think people are really uncomfortable by that space in between and it's easy for that space in between to fill up with fears and anxieties about lots of things, you know, depending on the person. Generally speaking, in, in magic, there's always a bit of fear and risk at play and we mostly don't focus on that, of course. I think for most of us who would identify as witches or magicians or occultists, those of us who see ourselves as practitioners, I think we see the benefits far exceeding the risks and the uncomfortable parts that we deal with, me included, of course, in that. Um, although, of course, sometimes fear is a lesson all on its own or the specific desired goal in the context of a curse or a hex, for example. Still, it's interesting how witchcraft can make you get really comfortable with some unpleasant emotions. Generally speaking, some types of witchcraft are not for those with delicate constitutions, um, which is fine, of course, just interesting to think about. Um, not a lot of people could stand to do the types of things that some of us do because um, it is scary and it's scary to us who do it as well I think I think that's like the honest the honesty of the situation I as someone who's been practicing for a number of years now not nearly a decade but almost um, it would be a lie for me to say that the things that I do don't freak me out sometimes um, or are never upsetting but like I said we're all in it for the potential gains or the beauty we see in the systems we engage with. Interesting, interesting. In my research, I've read fear described as a universal emotion. And, you know, I don't know about all that, but that's definitely interesting to consider. Um, when you think about the fact that usually fear stems from some kind of perceived or real threat and can protect us from danger when we are fearful of something we know not to do it or not to touch it or not to eat it um, and when we're not fearful and we get hurt it can grow up a new fear in in that space where there wasn't one necessarily um, and I'm sure I can almost guarantee a lot of you dear listeners, have been fearful during your own practices for whatever reason. It might be a fear of uh, alternative belief that you may have internalized from your family that you felt you had to overcome. It might be a fear of learning hidden truths about your world through 
divination or any other ways practitioners come to know things in a slightly disturbing manner, uh, maybe an invocation gone wrong like me, or any other myriad of haunting and terrifying and scary experiences we might come across. Like I said, there are plenty of meaningful, functional reasons you might need to be afraid. Uh, but something to keep in mind, either way, whether you find your fear is coming from a healthy place or not, is that fear is not just some nebulous and or romantic state of being. I feel like sometimes the way I talk about matters on the show can come across as more romantic than I intend. Maybe it's just the way that I write or the way that I think or the way that I speak. Whatever it is, please don't become confused about the true nature of fear and think that it is all like dark and cemeteries and decaying roses and, uh, you know, excuse my gothic sensibilities. Because fear can be unpleasant in the moment. It mostly is unpleasant in the moment. I say as someone who even enjoys horror films um, and haunted houses, I mean, you know, the amusement attraction haunted houses, not real life houses that are haunted that I am forced to live in. Um, as someone who enjoys fun, scary experiences, fear in the moment is still unpleasant. And also, fear has a real physiological effect throughout the body. And some of those do include weakening immune system, cardiovascular damage, gastrointestinal, <laughs> gastrointestinal issues like IBS or ulcers, um, decreased infertility, etc. Even accelerated aging and premature death. So keep that in mind for sure. This is definitely relevant in a number of ways to which interested in darker forms of magic, generally speaking. As a warning to ourselves away from a behavior that I like to call occult thrill-seeking, I think other people might call it dabbling. And the reason I don't refer to this behavior as dabbling is because I feel as though um, calling it dabbling can make practitioners feel like this is a behavior that they never, ever exhibit or display. Um, even if I think it, it might be right to say that it is uh, more common in greener practitioners, just because I guess maybe um, we don't know better or something like that. But either way, um, the potential thrills and chills of communing with dark goddesses or demons or angels or aliens etc. should be purposeful or you might incur some ire from wasting something's time or um, tying yourself to something you're not ready for or end up not wanting. That's of course when protection and cord cutting uh, comes into play of course. Um, however that's not really the scope of this episode. 
I do plan on an episode where the main focus is protection magic. At some point, I was I was looking through the catalog of, catalog of episodes available and realized that I did speak a lot about necromancy and demons, etc. And those are not practices you really want to engage with if you don't have um, the strongest sense of your own personal spiritual boundaries. So that's definitely going to be an episode sometime in the near future when I get around to it. Okay, back to fear. So also interesting is that I'm pretty sure this information about the negative effects of bodily functions um, in relation to fear has some connection to the poor out health outcomes of marginalized people. Um, and that's just interesting to think about uh, what the fear of racism and white supremacy does to the human body, whether it affects your potentially drug-seeking behavior. I believe I read that LGBT people are more likely to drink and smoke, and we already know about the strangely high rates of breast cancer in young black AFAB people. It's just all of, I think as practitioners, we can learn a lot from the mundane world and uh, what, you know, greater minds than me have said about the effects of um, oppression on the human body because I think that comes down to fear, you know, being afraid in public spaces, being afraid in private spaces. I mean, there's nowhere you can go um, to really be away from that constant fear. Um, you know, I'm a black person and I'm also queer and I'm also AFAB and even in places that are supposed to be safe spaces, um, you can't escape, you know, the eyes of your oppressors and the way that so many of us have internalized um, hurting ourselves and others based on the wishes of racists and based on the ideals of uh, racism. This is all just interesting to consider, I will say that. I mean, also incredibly important to discuss, which is why I'm bringing it up here. Um, we can further move on. So something else to keep in mind is that when you're working some baneful or destructive magic on somebody, it's most likely going to involve some fear on the target's part either directly or indirectly. And knowing the absolutely degenerative effects of copious amounts of fear on the human body, it makes sense to keep this in mind in terms of your end goal with your um, destruction magic. I think being specific in curse work and baneful magic can make all of the difference, and I talk about this on my episode on Baneful Magic, being specific can make such a big difference, and knowing, understanding destruction and pain and things like that, I mean, not necessarily directly on a direct level, but just 
understanding what you intend the effects of your magic to be on somebody for better or for worse is very important. It's why um, I think generally speaking like in terms of positive types of magic I wouldn't want to um, work that on someone who uh, wasn't totally okay with it because imagine you have a dear friend who you love who is going through some kind of you know vague tough time in this hypothetical and maybe they feel pressured into asking you for some kind of magical help um, or maybe you accidentally pressure them into it no no magic is great trust me um, and you know, they just have this hanging over their head and they're just so afraid of what magic is and what it can do that I feel like the whatever kind of positive working you're trying to do over them is just going to have a harder time manifesting in their life if all they can think about is how terrified they are of witches and magic. I mean, no judgment here. I know we all have people like that in our lives. That's fine. But it's just, you know... The power of fear is real and important to consider no matter what kind of magic that you are casting, no matter what kind of working you're doing for yourself or for others, um, especially in cases where you're working on others because you have other people's um, intentions for other people's lives in your heart or whatever, you know, um, getting a little romantic again, but I just, uh, I want your magic to be great, okay? I want my magic to be great also, thanks. In case, in case any spirits are listening, thinking about helping anyone, <laughs> help me too. <laughs> um, anyways, <laughs> so another way we can use fear in magic more purposefully and with intent is as a form of altered state of consciousness. And admittedly, this is a way of working magic that I'm quite weary of, uh, but we're going to get into it anyways, okay? Because I will say that I have been experimenting, and I will also say that it has been difficult for me. So in terms of altered states of consciousness and the way we can use those in magic, I have an episode about that in the catalog. So I'm not going to get into it in a lot of detail here. We're just going to be talking about altered states of consciousness in terms of fear. So in terms of fear, one way that is pretty easy to um, initiate an altered state of consciousness is through emotional excitation. Extreme emotions in the moment can just send you into another dimension. And I mean that... Um, really in like the magical sense in the way of like what we do when we path work or when we have out-of-body experiences and also in a very mundane sense. I don't know if you, dear listeners, have ever um, seen someone enraged. Have you ever watched somebody become just, they've left their body and all that is left is a husk of a person that is just full of just intense emotions and that can be anger and that's my go-to because I'm afraid of anger I'm afraid of being angry like that I've seen 
people really close to me be this angry that they're just not even in their body and it's scary to me and so I don't like to generally speaking use intense emotions in my magic um so fear sadness anger something that is really intense usually negatively perceived emotions not gonna lie um are going to be really good at this and like I'm just taking the time to point out that this is definitely the case even in our mundane lives so fear specifically being really really afraid I think I don't know I feel like less people that I know have been terrified truly and using an intense emotion like terror or intense fear as a form of altered states of consciousness is something you want to be careful of using first of all and second of all it's something that works best when paired well with the primary intention of the working you're trying to do so if you are trying to cast a love spell um the details of that i'm not going to get into obviously you know we're imagining not an abusive manipulative love spell when you're trying to attract a new relationship to your life because it's something you feel ready for in this hypothetical um and so you want to use an altered state of consciousness to i don't know see your lover in a scrying mirror we're going old school with this um or whatever just insert whatever type of love magic it doesn't really matter the specifics the point is that um if you're going to make fear a part of your love spell to attract a new love to you don't you think that might attract you a lover who you are fearful of in your relationship it might not attract the healthiest new romance into your life so keep that in mind same thing for um using anger as you know the basis of your love spell not the brightest idea um if you think about it in terms of cooking you know in terms of pairing complementary flavors with one another you don't necessarily want to put salt in your ice cream necessarily um and there are always you know exceptions there are also really creative things you can do I guess I'm talking in generalities um, and you obviously don't have to take my advice do without will and all that um, I mean I'm saying that in a sort of facetious way but um, back to fear so if you were trying to do an evocation to you and you this is my idea about using fear using this very specific intense emotion in altered states of consciousness using your fear as a jumping board to I mean again be careful but attract specific entities to you because the thing about fear is it makes things real whether they're real or not if that makes sense and I briefly touched on this when I talked about you know threats and dangers perceived or otherwise so if you were attracting a certain type of entity to you um and i don't know maybe you were having trouble 
really getting into the frame of mind to allow for that process to take place. Um, it, you're having trouble having the stuff feel real to you. Um, you might use fear to make that real. I mean, do I sound weary enough? <laughs> like I said, I generally find very intense emotions distasteful and I am generally afraid of them and I think it's funny that I'm talking about a type of magic that I am afraid of that involves fear. Here's my thing with um, relying on intense emotion in any kind of magical working and that is um, it feels like it's easy for things to get very out of control, you know? Um, when I use a scrying mirror, and that is my gateway to the magical mindset, um, because the process of um, how scrying mirror can affect your mind is really um, subconscious and really whatever you are thinking in that moment, however you feel in that moment, the natural processes of, you know, the effects of certain types of sensory deprivation on your human body are just going to take place no matter what. And for me, in using fear or anger or sadness in magic, it is it feels like trying to steer a train off the tracks. It just feels like it's a disaster waiting to happen to me. And so I think you should do the research that you want to do if you are thinking of experimenting with such things. Um, with such things. And I've said this before, but magic is a volatile substance. And so pairing that with another almost equally volatile substance that is, you know, human emotions, especially the very intense ones that have the potential to send you into another dimension, uh, just feels like dangerous. And I mean, magic in general is dangerous. And Emotions in general are dangerous, so think about what that means to pair these two things together um, is what I want to say about that exactly. Um, but yeah, fear makes things real, and I think depending on what you are trying to call to you and why you're trying to call it to you, you know, there are definitely some entities which their weapon of choice is fear. They're trying to teach you something from fear, and when they appear to you, they can immediately inspire terror within you, like just irrational fear out of nowhere. Um, and I've definitely experienced that from some entities, which I personally, because of who I am as a person, chose not to further explore that. But um, I'll talk more about that in a second when I talk about more personal experiences when we move on from ideas about how to use fear with intention. So... Fear, it makes things real, whether we're talking about the fear that you can use on yourself for magic or the fear that other people have of witchcraft and these mysteries, right? And like whether you are trying to destroy somebody or not, a lot of people are afraid of witchcraft and magic for whatever reason, like I mentioned way earlier in the episode, there are a lot of reasons that people are afraid of things. And, you know, be weary of that. Um, it's the whole, the meme, you know, the meme that's like, uh, 
I tell people a witch. They don't believe me and say witchcraft is stupid. But then when I talk about, you know, whatever my monthly moon rituals, they get mad hearing about it and want to make sure I'm not trying to curse them, you know? Everything's fine until someone thinks you're really a witch and is worried that you're going to curse them, you know? That's the joke. And that's the thing about fear. So this is another reason why I think it's good to be weary about who knows about your magic and who doesn't know um, and why they need to know or why they don't need to know because people will say that they are fine when they are actually very afraid of you and then start treating you in a way you may not like. Um, and so unless you are planning to take advantage of that fear for very specific reasons, um, I, this is just another reason. Fear is just another reason why it is a smart idea generally to abstain from blabbing about magic and witchcraft if you are not looking for that kind of a fight. <laughs> we have been talking for so long about fear, it feels like. <laughs> and I guess I want to talk a little bit about more in, in some detail about how fear plays in my own practice. Like I said, I don't really like to uh, use fear um, in some of the ways that I've described here. And I also don't make a habit of, you know, destroying people and cursing people or hexing them or whatever. I don't work baneful magic. I mean, I don't work it infrequently, but when I do, generally it's not about fear anymore. I mean, if you want to hear more about the details of that, listen to my episode about baneful magic. So, I did an invocation, sorry, I did an evocation um, with demons, of course, and I wanted to enhance uh, my artistic ability and I wanted to be able to more easily, if I could have ever before, I don't really know, um, create portals with my artwork. Um, and part of the way I wanted to do this all was through dream magic, or I guess that's the way I was really directed to see, to receive these new gifts would be through my dreams. And actually the response I got was not negative or discouraging, but just like, this is going to freak you out. Like, and even if it doesn't freak you out, you shouldn't operate under the assumption that you won't see things that you don't want to see. You shouldn't operate in magic like you're never going to become upset by some of the things you learn or come to understand. Um, and my response to that was, of course, that I would like what I would like. And even though you're giving me these warnings, oh great, powerful demon, I am willing to undertake these potential consequences because I want what I want and if you're willing to help either way, I don't really see the issue, was my response. Um, and I saw some upsetting things in that moment, but I didn't feel afraid enough to quit, you know? <laughs> Sometimes when you're doing magic, it's like you can't quit when you're ahead, you know? When you're doing some long, layered rituals like some people like to do, including myself sometimes, you're so invested at that point, but that um, by the time you get a little freaked out, you're like, you can't, I feel like I can't quit when I'm ahead. Um, this is just my sort of 
the little bit of the completionist in me. I don't feel like I'm forced to carry on with magic that I don't like. If I really didn't like it, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't practice this stuff at all if I didn't want to. Um, but it is sometimes upsetting and I don't let that discourage me clearly. So after that, I did get the dreams I wanted and I did sort of get the abilities I wanted. I didn't realize it immediately, but I did get what I wanted. Um, I did start having dreams that freaked me out, um, but again, that didn't stop me. So what really freaked me out and, and is just another example of the way spirits sometimes take advantage of your fear to teach you a lesson. I had done this painting um, and, you know, was experimenting with my artistic ability and also with these, you know, portal abilities that I wanted. Um, I painted this painting and actually was about to um, submit it into where it needed to go to be submitted. And I was uh, video chatting and daydreaming. I was supposed to be paying attention to some of my lessons and I had um, painted, or I had posted this painting um, on my wall in my direct line of sight while I was looking at my computer um, and really I was tired I had been up all night working on school stuff actually um, and this painting was just staring down at me while I was daydreaming and I just was very afraid because as I'm staring at this the wall really I'm not really looking directly at anything because I'm daydreaming I get chills and I get the feeling of somebody putting their hand on my shoulder and pointing to my computer screen like pay attention and I'm like supposed to be doing these other classes and I get this upsetting vision in the middle of class and I'm on camera and I freaked out I nearly jumped out of my chair and I spilled what I was holding in my hand all over my desk and the floor, which was awful. And I did not like in that experience. I mean, I don't know if, if I didn't like the experience because I was so freaked out or because I was in cam on camera and, I, and that was just not an experience I wanted to have in a place where people could see me. Anyways, spirits sometimes freak me out intentionally or otherwise you know some types of things that you call to you just inspire intense and irrational terror um I don't know why that is exactly and other times demons kind of just get the one up on you and uh freak you out you know in your life these are all things to consider as practitioners, you know, you got to understand the full scope of what it means to explore these darker aspects of life sometimes, whether it's death or demons or your shadow self. It's very common for people to be afraid of their shadow selves. And something I talk about a lot when I talk about demons in a lot of detail in my episodes where I'm talking about that specifically is the way that people can be afraid of demons because of what a demon says about yourself more than 
what demons are or what they can do. I think that's part of, I think that's part of the instinctual, like, fearful response that people have to demons. Their knee-jerk response to demons, if it is to be fearful of them, can, I think, a lot of times come from a fear of their own darkness or their own perceived evils, you know, our own baser instincts and behaviors that we are a lot of times not proud of, which I think, I think understanding fear in all of the many, many ways, many more than I've described here, it can come into play in witchcraft and cultism in knowing things in a way that is sometimes disturbing like divination I think when I am listening to people talk on the internet who just quit witchcraft or what they call as witchcraft cold turkey I think some of the biggest things that they talk about that basic what essentially scared them off although they wouldn't necessarily describe it that way um is like divination and or yoga I mean I think I think we're gonna wrap up this episode here I guess I could talk about fear for a long time I didn't realize that I mean in writing this episode I did feel like it was an easy episode to like get the the ink flowing to the page not that I write with a fountain pen (laughs) I write on my computer when I'm writing episodes, but I mean, metaphorically, the juices were flowing much easier for this episode. Um, Maybe it really is just the time of the year that's so inspiring to me. Like, I feel like I've been thinking about the podcast much more frequently and much more often. um, And just all the things I want to talk about with you guys on here. Uh, But I think we've come to the end of this episode about fear and some of its places in witchcraft hopefully some of the things I discussed were helpful or insightful to you or gave you a new idea about how do you um complete some kind of spell work or ritual you've been considering or maybe it gave you an idea to not do something who knows Again, if you can, please support the show by either donating a few dollars a month to the podcast Patreon page, or instead leaving a rating or review on iTunes. Um, always link to the episode description. Um, both types of support keep Babylon Rising on the net. And earlier I did mention I'll read reviews the show gets on air. And since there are now two five-star ratings and one review, I'll get to that now. This review is called Amazing! Exclamation point, uh, and says, This is a fantastic podcast. There is so little info out there about baneful magic and, quote, darker magic. So, I'm happy I found this. Thank you! Well, thank you, dear listener, for reviewing the show. I'm happy to be a part of the hopefully growing number of people talking about darker magical topics. 
I personally love podcasts and I have for a long time and I always knew I wanted to make my own and I eventually realized that I would want it to be about um, witchcraft and magic and I wanted to talk about it in a way I felt like I wasn't hearing about it being discussed um, and so I'm glad I can be that for someone else. That's pretty much it for this episode everyone so until next time Ave Ave